Hey, what up, world? This is Jay Vass from The Jay Vass Show, and I'm just here to talk to you guys about Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it is completely free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. No need to break the bank on expensive equipment. Anchor will also distribute your podcast so you can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. And the coolest thing of it all is you can make money from your podcast right away with no minimum listenership. That's right. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So what are you waiting for? Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Tell them Jay Vass sent you. Welcome back to the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Jay Vaz, and you're listening to the Jay Vaz Show, a music and entertainment podcast, which brings you the hottest independent and up-and-coming artists from all over the world, not just Texas. Today's show is going to be a great one. We are joined by a legendary Mexican producer out of Houston, Texas. But before we get you there, make sure you follow us on all the social media pages at the Jay Vaz Show. Check out the website, thejvazshow.com. Make sure you subscribe. Subscribe to our YouTube channel where you can find the video version of this interview at the J Vass Show as well. And let's get right into this. We are joined by Shadow Ramirez. We'll be talking about growing up with his twin brother, Grim. We'll be talking about how they got started in the music industry, the most hated, aggravated, Valero, that, and much more on the J-Bass Show, baby, let's you go. You might have seen me in the back of VIP, smoking on a sweet of pouring up the Don P. Nah, I mean, I'm a swing, I'm a swing, I'm a let my nuts hang. You can listen to my nine millimeter go. Got me some drink and I'm on my fifth cup All my homie got the stank and he bout to fire up Fire up in the club, girl, I see that ass shaking Come and get some of this money that I make you Breaking up the dope, boy, man, I'm hacking the fool See me down the sink, girl, and I still banging screw See, I do what I do, and you do what you can All the haters to the back, cause they won't understand How I plotted my plan and executed my game I was making money back when they was choosing their name Now I'm rolling on chop, they shit is sitting on blocks. My money grows like rock, they money stuck on stop. I got a knot in my pocket, weighing least a grand. Piece of chain on my neck, my nine is close at hand. I don't work for the man, this boy's self employed. Real McCoy making noise, rolling candy toys. On the slab in the Buddha for life. If you want a jack, I got something for you. On the slab in the Buddha for life. I run you out my city like the Tennessee Oilers. Man, and I'm gone in the wind Riding in the bins on the two-time ten Used to ride lack with the crack on the fin With the rack top, man, that was back then Right before my homie hit the motherfucking pin Did a flat ten, now we back out again Gated foes, 80 foes in the yellow gold trim Pulling plenty hoes in the yellow bone friend Slab in the Buddha for life If you want a jack, I got something for you Lane to lane, steady 
bangin' smooth uh, Same old thing, but that's all that we do Down here in the south, you represent your hood In the candy coated Cadillac, grippin' on wood Pop the trunk and let the neon shine 18's pump when I punch the Alpine Riding 10 cars deep, rollin' 10 miles per hour Switchin' made the lane in the brand new 80 power What about the Impala sittin' in the driveway? Now we're sitting sideways, we hit the highway, headed straight to the club. I took my last cup and put my screens up. Fuck Valley Parking, front door is where I walked in. Stepping to the bartend, can I get some gin in the bottle of ground so we can pass it around? For the ones that are gone, pour the first on the ground. Give me on a slab in the Buddha for life. If you wanna jack, I got something for you. Slab in the Buddha for life. I run you out my city like the Tennessee Oilers. Give me on the slab in the Buddha for life. Got nothing for us. Listen to my chorus. Give me on the slab in the Buddha for life. While I sit back and blaze up a damn forest. Come on, let's jump into it. I mean, we've been talking for a while now. Um, yeah. First of all, I appreciate your time. Uh, you just told me where you come from. That, that's. I appreciate the love that you made time for us. Ain't no thing, man. You know and what I'm uh, I, I've told you on the messages, you know, it's it's an honor more than anything to, to have you on the show. Been following your career, and you said something earlier before we got started. You said some people think like it's, it'll be too late. You won't be able to work with these people, but but you can always work with them. I would have never thought, you know, when I started listening to Dope House, started listening, you know, Old Shadow, Grim. That I was gonna, you know, have the opportunity to sit down and have this uh, conversation with you. Man, it's my pleasure, dude. I mean, like, yeah, I don't have a problem doing it. Never have. I know a lot of people sometimes don't even know Grim has a twin brother or who I am. Some a lot of people do, but um, I've I've always been laid back and pretty much in the background, the Mac in the back, while all the chumps in the front were rapping. <laughs> but I was just, you know, doing all the engineering, doing all the, um, you know late night uh you know staying in the studio putting it all together as best i can to make everybody shine you know what i'm saying and that to me was my job i didn't really care about ever um taking pictures or doing promo pictures you don't hardly see me out there in that in that form but i'm always open man to do things like this you know what i'm saying especially in this day and age where you know the social media has pretty much taken over we didn't have this kind of stuff you know back then you know what i'm saying where people doing visuals to all their songs in fact if you think about it like grim and i i think we have a handful of, of videos ourselves yeah. we, you're not going to find that many out there and it's not because we don't want to do it it's just you know at the time that it was wasn't, a different time it was a different time so for whoever might not know who you are obviously they've been slipping under a rock so mr shadow ramirez uh can you take us back to where it all started from the very beginning uh where where it all started from the very beginning is honestly, <laughs> and I just got through doing this other interview, uh, and they asked the same question. I saw a movie called B Street, and it was in 1984. Um, I went to Golfgate. Uh, they had a little two theater, you know what I'm saying, right across the bridge on, at Golfgate uh, Mall, and I must have stayed there all day Saturday, and I watched that movie over and over back to back to back like i paid once but i stayed in there you know what i'm saying <laughs> snug i got back in snug and i must have watched that that movie for that whole weekend i fell in love with hip-hop as soon as i understood you know like i watched it and i wanted to be first of all i wanted to be Raymo in that movie the graffiti artist yeah um 
But as I got more into the movie, I started seeing that there's, you know, like elements of hip hop and it brought all that attention to me. And I started listening to all these, you know, different people like African Bambada, Soul Sonic Force, you know, uh, Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five, you know, Melly Mel. And and these people like um, were just to me amazing and what they were doing and how they were doing it with two turntables. And then so the elements were graffiti dance rapping and djing right and somewhere after you know i started dancing first right because i was 15 you know 15 at the time and or 14 15 at the time and i started break dancing first so i knocked that element out you know what i mean i got good at it i mean to the point where we actually you know did trips to california with the houston playboys and um had you know we had our parachute pants and we had our <laughs> outfits and everything you know and that's a whole nother story. That's a, there's good, there's another details in the book that I'm writing about that. But um, um, when I got back, you know, I always wanted to be Ramos, so I started doing the graffiti, and I started doing that, and that's how I got my name actually, because I would, I would, I would paint uh, the walls at late at night, so I dress all in black with my with my backpack, and I would go and back a wieners on on uh, on Telephone Road down the street from uh, from my mom my mom and dad's house in Moline. In that area, and I and I sprayed back of uh, wieners with a guy named Weddo and actually uh, Sambo. You know what I'm saying? The guys in uh, pr uh, prison. You know what I'm saying? Peace out to shot uh, uh, Sambo out there. But we was out there with graffiti and check graffiti. Got that done. In fact, it got to the point where all the way up until '94, when I put out my first album with Grimm, I actually did a piece with Gonzo 247. Man, peace to Gonzo 247 who now is like the graffiti king of Houston. He's the one that did, you know, the Inspire Houston, uh, uh, you know, tag. He's painting planes now, you know what I'm saying? Gongo is, Gonzo is huge. And I had, I actually, you know, was honored. I, I you know, I, I actually bombed the wall with him. So that was another, you know, that was, anyway. Um, so I started getting into the music part, you know, tackling that element of, of the hip hop. And while I was doing all that, my brother was, um, into rock and roll, man. He was just like, he wasn't hearing that hip hop like that. I was just, I got bit. And he was like, nah, man. He was into, he was like a punk rock. What I called him was a trench coat mafia. He wore a gray trench coat. He had his long hair. He had combat boots on and he's on a skateboard. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, and he was, he was listening to things like Sex Pistols, Van Halen, you know, Ozzy Osbourne. I mean, he was going, you know, ACDC. He was... You know, but Van Halen was probably one of his, at that time, was his favorite group. And I'm talking about the David Lee Roth Van Halen, by the way. Nothing wrong with Sammy Hagar, but. So my brother didn't want to do the, the hip-hop thing at all. And, you know, he would squash my, my radios at the house. You, you know, every time I, we would get straight A's or something, my mom would buy, buy me a stereo. She would buy whatever we want. And I would always want the boom box, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> or I want the stereo. Well, he was listening to his, you know, his grunge or I mean his, you know, <laughs> and I was on the other room and I was with the boom, you know, with that 808. Yeah. My 808 was killing him, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so he'd go to my room, man, and he he smashed my radio. Oh, man, you know what I'm saying? We fight, you know what I'm saying? My mom, my dad, stop fighting, you know. <laughs> my mom was like, you know, I'm out. He stepped on my, you know, he broke my, my radio again, you know. Yeah. Uh, one of the, I guess you can say, a little known fact, or some people might not know, uh, you were one of the, or you were the first Mexican to produce a rap album. 
Yes, we were. We were the first. Uh, we were the first Mexicanos to be on the shelf. There were other rap groups out there, without a doubt. So I don't want to take anything away from Mexican Mafia or Mexicans in Capin or Proper Dose or Generic Posse. In fact, Mexican Mafia was was uh, comprised of Prankster and Slinky, and and I mean I'm sorry, I t- I take that back. Mexicans in Capin was a, a product of of Prankster and Slinky. Mexican Mafia was Troublemaker, Lord Loco, Big you know Big C. Um, who used to be, you know, shut him down. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and uh, so, and I'm trying not to forget somebody, but I know I am. And uh, so anyway, the Miss Color Mafia, Troublemaker, of course, they ended up becoming aggravated members. But, you know, to, to, to begin with, yeah, we were the first ones. And, and that's what I, that was my whole goal, was to be the first Mexicanos on the shelf because back in those days it was CDs and to and to go to a sound waves or go to you know you know somewhere to go you know find your CD and see it on the shelf I mean that that shit was dope you know what I'm saying yeah so I saw Kid Frost you know out there I seen my, my the first CD I bought the as far as rap was concerned was Cypress Hill it was Cypress Hill and it was their first CD and I think it was self-titled Cypress Hill Cypress Hill but it had you know how I could just kill a man <clears throat> what else did it have uh, but that was the one. That was the, that was the one song that I, I jammed the most. How I could just kill a man, <laughs> and that just got me lit. You know what I'm saying? I said I want to be the first uh, uh, Mexicano rap group to, to hit the shelves from Houston. Yeah. And that was my goal, and we did it. We did it. So I mean, you know, here we are. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So y'all y'all built aggravated. How did aggravated come about? Well, aggravated came about after. My brother came. My, my brother and I did a, a album called "Making a Matter Worse." Yeah. Okay. Um, the first album was called "Making a Matter Worse," and it was comprised of myself, Brother Grimm, Fileto, and Balasso. And what it was is that, like I said, Grimm didn't want to rap. You know what I'm saying? He didn't want to have nothing to do with it. And really, the way I got him to do with it, he could tell you. Is that I told him, oh, you know, you like rock and roll so much, you you don't think that rock and roll can't be in rap, you know what I'm saying? And he was like, you know, sh- you know, show me. And I, <laughs> All right, so I, I literally I went and got him Rockbox from Run DMC. I said, like, check this out and listen to the lyrics. I said, I want you to, you know, I want you to be just as powerful as they are, you know what I'm saying? And so you know, you had the Rockbox. Man, my brother was like, what the fuck? And you go listen to that song, man, and, and he, 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 man, he marinated on it. You know what I'm saying? And he was a poet. My brother was a poet in school. You know, as straight-A students, we, we were in extra, extracurricular, you know, activities, you know, after school. And one of the things he was in was in the Poet Society at uh, Stephen F. Austin High School. I was in the band. And um, he could write poems. He could always rhyme. You know what I'm saying? And um, so I knew he had that gift. Plus... There was a white boy named uh, Kirby, uh, white white Mike, that we hung around since Little League, and his and, and his brother, his name was Greg. He had a game that whenever we would pass the joint around, you know what I'm saying? Whoever had the joint had the rhyme. So if you know if you was like, yeah, I'm sitting here with my friends, and I'm hitting it to the end, and you pass it to Grim, and then Grim's like, yeah, and I'm doing it nonstop. Cause we're right here on the block, and then it would go around. It was a game, and yeah. it, and you know, and, and so and, and it was it was just fun to do, and that's like where my brother started getting his flow from. You know what I'm saying? So 
big shout out to Greg Kirby, man, because you know what I'm saying? He was the country hick of all, you know what I'm saying? He's like, <laughs> hillbilly, he's cool though, you know what I'm saying? And he, he was the one that kind of got him started doing that. And I, so that's when I told my brother, I said, man, man, you see, you know how to rhyme, man. You should just be my rapper, dude. And before that, man, I was just making dip CDs, deep instrumental production with my ASR 10 and everything. I was just making beats, but I had no rapper. So I would get comedian albums like um, Richard Pryor, Rodney Dangerfield, Flip Wilson, you know, and I would just put those little skits from those albums that my dad had, you know, a Cheech and Chong, you know, and I would throw it over my beats, <laughs> right? But it had a, that 808 behind it, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? And people would hear that at my at the gas station, and I would make cassettes, and I would sell them for like five bucks. People were like, man, what you banging for? You know, it was something that was different. Yeah. So I had something. My brother being kind of like a street pharmacist, you know what I'm saying? He was making his little stacks. I wasn't into selling, you know, drugs or anything like that. You know what I'm saying? That was my brother's hustle. You know what I'm saying? Mom, sorry, mom. That you know what I'm saying? <laughs> that. So then, so yeah, exactly. So I got him to start rhyming, and uh, he uh, he didn't he he started writing his rhyme. The first rap that he wrote was uh, "So Much Violence and Killing the Thrilling the How We Live in." I can't remember the whole rap, but it was called "So Much Violence." And at the time, like I said, I had gotten in touch with uh, I had Deuce. You know what I'm saying? And Dopey and Egypt, you know what I'm saying? And they was kind of showing me around, you know what I'm saying? And while I was doing my little, you know, dip tapes. And then uh, I told my brother, I said, man, uh, they introduced me or they, they told me about this dude named K. Reno. This dude named K. Reno, he was like the South Park. He had a, he had a clique called a, a coalition called the South Park Coalition. South Park Coalition, yeah, SPC. And at the time, the people that were in, in a part of the South Park Coalition was uh, Klondike Cat, Point Blank. The whole street military, PSK 13, uh, you know, uh, AC Chill, rest in peace, AC Chill. We were in that class, you know what I'm saying? And and once we started, you know, doing, you know, little things here and there, because my brother, really, in the beginning with Dope E, when I finally got him to meet K Reno, Dope E took him over there and he started uh, doing a rap. And that was that rap he did, So Much Violence and Killing the Thread. And they were doing something for somebody's, you know, click song, because everybody did a click song, right? A 13 minute long, you know, no, no chorus banger, right? It's a click song. So they were writing that down, and, and my brother stepped up and he wrote, he, he recited his rhyme to everybody. And he actually, I, from, I think my brother can tell it better, because I wasn't there, but he gave it to K Reno, and K Reno told him, like, nah, man. Now nah, we rap our own raps here, you know what I'm saying? And my brother's like, I don't want, you know, he didn't want to be a rapper, dude. So he said, all right, you know what I'm saying? He, I, think, I think he took that as a challenge, yeah. you know what I mean? But he could tell you, like I said, he could tell you better. But he started rapping. Like, you know, I was like, okay, well, come on, you know what I'm saying? Let's do this, you know what I'm saying? So that's when we were uh, working on the most, uh, the Make It A Matter Worse album. Make It A Matter Worse. And my brother said, we need, we need a DJ. And my brother went out himself, and he found a DJ. He found Filero. Filero had a cousin named Balasso. They lived together in this, you know, little bitty old apartment off of Chimney Rock behind that old Pizza Hut over there. It's still there. And um, they were working at Mayflower. They were movers, you know what I'm saying? And they were just, you know, they were just the, the most barrio boys you've seen in your life. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Man, but they had, you know, they, had their, they would go to work. They'd go home. They had their turntables. Right, and they would practice all, day, and they fall asleep practicing. They'll go to. I said, "Man, these are the dudes. I, you know, these right here." 
and we all named each other like you know when i named my brother grim and i think my brother helped name filetto because filetto would do the cuts and we named Belasso Belasso because he was a shoot first ask questions late later kind of guy yeah. you know what i'm saying but he was a talent because he would find all our samples so we did the make it a matter worse album that's what happened once we did the Make It A Matter Worse, you know, we, we were working on, man, we're going to be millionaires. Like, you know what I'm saying? We're going to yeah. hit the, man, we're the only Mexicans. And I was like, we're going to be the first ones to put it on the shelf. Let's do this. And we did. And when it hit, it didn't do as, like, like what we thought it would do. You know what I'm saying? And at the time, we didn't realize how much of a success it was as far as, you know, you know, being pioneers in the game. And we didn't even look at it like that. We was trying to make some money. Yeah. And we didn't make a whole lot of money. You know what I'm saying? And so we was, you know, figuring out ways to do shows and stuff like that. Well, we, we pretty much got to a point where um, after the, the momentum died a little bit. Plus, and I, and I don't mind saying it. Everybody knows it's true. Me and Faletto, we got into a, a riff. Like, we got into a, a funk. You know what I mean? And, and. We just didn't get along. And at one time or another, all of us had fought in, in, in all these groups and stuff or had an argument. Yeah. And me and Fletto did we had an argument, you know what I'm saying? And we didn't get along. We, 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 we didn't see eye to eye. So they actually lived with me, Fletto and Blossom, when they, they, they moved to back to where they, were, uh, where they were from. I think, that, well, I know they were from Freeport. They moved back over there. My brother, uh, about three or four months later, comes at me and says, hey, man, I did a song with Fletto and Blossom. I want you to check it out. I was mad, dude. Because I was over <laughs> here working on this other album for me and my brother. I'm thinking that me and my brother are a team. You know what I'm saying? And, and not that we were never going to work together or anything, but I wasn't going to work with Faletto. You know what I'm saying? But I was like, we can still do this because, you know, you're the you're the rapper. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And Faletto's he's he's a DJ, and I would like to work, you know what I'm saying? But, but he don't want to work with me, and I, and I don't think I want to work with him right now. So my brother did, didn't take a – he went about it himself. And it was weird because, remember, he didn't want to rap at first, right? Yeah. And now he's taking the initiative because once he started something, he was going to finish it. So he went over there and he did a song and he showed it to me and it was, I'm, I'm my future. I'm your future. I'm your future, yeah. And I heard it and it had Klondike on it. And I was like, man, it was so dope. You know what I'm saying? I couldn't. And the sample, it was a Bob Marley sample. You know what I'm saying? It's the same sample that 50, used for, 50 Cent used for a, a window shopper. You know what I'm saying? But it's the same sample. But but we had used it, you know, Belasso had found that sample first in his crates. And I was like, damn, man, that, that bitch is slamming. You know what I'm saying? I didn't become an aggravated member after that. You know what I'm saying? They went and did their own thing. Um, in fact, I heard it was supposed to be aggravated me Mexicans. Yeah. But but Loco being the only Negrillo, you know what I'm saying? Negrito. Could've, yeah. He could It threw it off. Yeah, it threw it off. So Loco was like, nah, man, how going how, how to look? You know what I'm saying? Well, your name is Lord Loco. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. like, we, we still all hung out, even though, like we like I said, we didn't get along or, or anything. Everybody had any problems with everybody. It was business, you know what I'm saying? And, and so we all hung out, you know what so, I'm saying? So aggravated. You guys established the name. You guys have your success. Early success, like you said, at the time you didn't think of it as success, but right. and then y'all years later down the road, y'all go to the most hated. Right. What what made that title change from <laughs> That's a good story. Uh what I what eventually happened was that aggravated did did do what we thought most hated I mean uh we thought the Make It a Matter Worse was album was gonna do. Aggravate did. And what I mean by that is that 
I think it was at, I know it was at a show called The Funplex. It was at a venue called The Funplex. And they had this huge old show. And I think Scarface was there and some other, you know, Houston acts. And um, Aggravated got on stage. They were wearing these royal blue shirts with, with, a, with an aggravated print on the front, like an oval print. And there were seven of them, right? And they had this presence. And they already had, you know, the I Am Your Future, you know, single just blowing up, you know what I'm saying? In the street, by the way, right? They didn't play this on the radio, right? So it was all, it was, it was all street bangers. And the street was loving it, you know what I'm saying? And they started doing, you know, promoting, going to Boomerang, going to, um, ro uh, like, radio uh, remotes, you know what I'm saying? Jimmy Olsen in the box would be at, you know, outside with their van, you know, at Boomerang, and they'd start doing little promo. Everything we did was about free promotion, you know what I'm saying? It was about going out there and just trying to get ourselves known without spending a dime, you yeah. know what I mean? So we go to little remotes, radio remotes. What's up? We out here, you know what I'm saying, at Boomerang. You know what I'm saying? You know, aggravators out here. We got Graham. We got there. We're chilling with Jimmy Olsen. Come get your drinks. The laser fly. You know, I mean, we knew the game. We knew how to spend. And the radio people, they loved, they loved it. Because, you know, we started bringing people in with our, our, you know, I guess the way we, you know, we just, we're so, I guess, loud, really. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We're just so out there. So once the name became big and that album started doing successful, what happened was, to get to your answer, is that, uh, Filetto's uncle owned or was a CEO of, of Bad Boy Entertainment, which that, that's what it was on, I believe. And that's what Aggravator was. Like, say, Aggravator Records, but he didn't, sign, he didn't get any of them signed. So now he's in a position, like, he wants to do this next album. But, and, and nobody at the time was worried about uh, um, money or anything. Like, it was just trying to get noticed, right, yeah. to get exposure. So nobody was doing, nobody was tripping on money or anything like that. Like, for real. Like, it was weird. No no trip. But 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 his uncle was. He was thinking that, hey, he was being proactive. He was like, hey, you know what? I got to get these people to sign this contract. You know what I'm saying? So when he started asking people to sign the contract, nobody was really wanting to sign a contract. In fact, the only two people that did sign the contract was Slinky and, and, and Troublemaker. Slinky calls Prankster, and he's like, Prankster! We did a, a skit on, it, on the most hated... You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I signed the contract, fool. I signed it. And Prankster's like, you what? You need to talk to the rest of the group? Oh, man, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, um, when that happened, Filetto actually ended up burning that contract, right? And, 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 and um, Filetto's uncle's coming to pick up the contract that Filetto's supposed to have already. Filetto and Loco, right? Yeah. They're together, and they're at, they're at this uh, dude's, one of our homeboy's house, and they're on the porch. And, and Loco and them, they're just, like, in disgust because... They didn't like the contract or nothing. In fact, Filetto, like I said, he burned it. Yeah. So it's smoldering on the ground when I'm, I get there and I'm like, you know, I'm laughing. No, nah, I'm not. Oh, yeah. I am. You know, I'm not an aggravated member. I'm like, uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? All the, you know. But I didn't want to see them go through what they were going through at the same time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, but I get there and I see the, you know, I say, what's, what's up, man? And, you know, Loco's like, man, it's on the floor. And I look and it's like a corner of the thing just burning. You know what I'm saying? It's ashes. <laughs> And, and Filetto throws it on the ground and kicks it, and, and here comes uh, his uncle, you know what I'm saying? And he sees the contract burn. Oh, man. Picks it up. He's mad, dude. He just picks up the contract, throws it in some little paper bag, and takes off, you know what I'm saying? And um, the reason I say all that is because now it was like, what are we going to do? Because what are they going to do? Because um, Slinky and Troublemaker had continued they were going to do the aggravated album and they had the name yeah 
you know, he had the name, you know, he had it registered, his uncle, right? So they couldn't use the name aggravated, right? Now, remember, I'm over here. I'm, I'm working on my brother's solo album still, The Brown Clues, yeah. right? So I got tracks. So I got beats. Now, the Slinky and Prankster, now they got to find a producer. They got to find somebody. Who's going to help them? And Blossom's already, everybody's on this side. I'm over here because I'm with my brother. And, and, and so they came to my brother, comes and says, hey, man, I know you got those tracks. We need to put out this album before Faggravated. I mean, uh, the, the new Aggravated, we call it Faggravated. You know what I'm <laughs> and uh, and um, we're like, uh, you know, and you got those tracks. So if you work with Filetto again, you know what I'm saying, and y'all can, you know, you know, finish these tracks up, you know what I'm saying, man, we can get this album out quicker. But, you know, are you cool with Filetto? You know what I'm saying? And I was like, man... I said, you know, and it had been already years. And like I said, we had already been hanging out, you know what I'm saying, with the aggravated thing with my brother being involved. Anything my brother was going to be involved, I was going to be involved with. And uh, so, yeah, I went up to Filetto, and we, we actually went up to each other. We shook hands, and, you know, we hugged it out, you know what I'm saying, in a sense. And when we said, you know, man, let's get this paper, you know what I'm saying, let's do this. Just walked in this motherfucking studio, you know what I'm saying? Forgiveness, why this flipping shit is deepening Know my mama kill me if she found me in the streets again Seen a son incarcerated, hard to say he seen a pen I prison when I'm talking, dropping ink, the paper sinking in Dreams are hardly living, quarters lit all back in Cloverleaf So to speak, i probably kill the cattle if you spoke a beef Freezer drop the split for the quick that never told a piece Ocean deep, I hear my diamonds watered down like soda be I move like piranhas, head first through the water jet In the game of trapping, had some years before the problem set Now the line printed, super Vision on my documents Focus on his absence Now I'm the nigga that my father is Greedy ass bastard In my CD plaque plastic Platinum package vacuum shut Number Tweety in the bathroom Let us say I'm worth it I remind you so you don't forget You holy from the tips Don't wonder why they so they so for this Split a nigga like a split And visit Drizzy and Six Insidious I'm furious Like when the trilogy hit Like when Hurricane Harvey Came to burn up the age But that was water Like my diamonds All your finest are fake I'm talking shit But I can bag it up Sigas on the passenger Couldn't hit a lick up on the Bentley Took the Acura Put a hit up on my family I'ma take the little nigga out Whole fuck the crew And she wonder why I don't take it out Remember way back when Hoes and let me get him in the set Now they on my story And they replaying my snap Like damn Hold on Bird skill too strong Riding since a young And I don't need a pill to go long Like Foster I've been juking niggas Grinding all that's relevant Hoping that I die today To face to face the presidents Monster for the money Touching M's is goals indefinite Attention never paid the hoes I FaceTime my relatives Bastard in my name Between a C and a J And it's backwards Like you niggas Feeding reason to pray Why you gargling in the dick Your bitches need me to stay Swear you flipping with a dime But to me she a eight Or maybe seven and a half Just depends on the day If I'm second then I'm last Ricky Bobby in state I'm joking Said you ran eight miles Now you choking Bunny rapping Hoppercrest The rapper that you poaching Not sweating any label I'm just running till they notice Ain't running with a game, but my crib niggas soulless. They kidnap your mama, probably bear in the front yard. TDC officials, all them niggas love the hunt guards. See me in the picture, buffing Dutchess when I smoke guards. Even with my family, so my family's gonna smoke yours. No strings attached, I'ma front you if you need it. 700 packs, jumping quick as niggas fiending. Last time I heard a fiend had left my brother bleeding. Not a driver making laps. If I ain't kill him, I ain't leaving it. I ain't gonna stop till these hollows leave a hole. 
That shit ironic, cause I'm empty in this soul. Nigga squishing competition like I'm stepping on my souls. Don't try to make the finish line, them tracks ain't going gold. <laughs> Not even silver, little bananas peel you. If them niggas had to try me, sign, we still can't fucking feel you. Why you staring at me sideways like a nigga look for me? Chances are you want to fade because I ain't your bra for dinner. No strings attached, nigga never snap. I'm a real nigga, yeah, that's a fucking fact. And I'm in the Maybach with a honey or two. They sucking dick, man, it's funny what the money can do. Niggas act like adolescents when they study my moves. Try to tell me how to live, but they ain't funding my jewels. That's my family, my clique, my money, and my providence. Buy my Spanish bitch a crib, she screaming, look what Poppy did. Take a <laughs> fuck. <laughs> Yeah, that was Shay Woods on a track produced by Shadow Ramirez. And this is part one of three of his interviews. So make sure you tune in on the next episode to check out the rest of the interview from Shadow Ramirez. Once again, make sure you follow us on all the social media pages. Check out the website, thejvazshow.com. And check out the video portion of the interview on YouTube at The JVaz Show. Rate, review the podcast, share the podcast, tell your friends about it. On the next episode, We'll be talking about Bing, SPM, Dope House, and Shut Them Down Records. Was there beef? What would have happened if SPM wouldn't have gone to jail? That and much more on the J Vass Show, baby. Let's go! <laughs>